This is Sonny Lawson. He's just reaching the prime of life, but he's also reaching the end. I'm a big man. I'm a strong guy. You know what I mean? I can handle it. Now, just tell me, how long have I got? Let's say you got a year. Oh, my God! Facing death, he's determined to commit suicide. That's right, baby. Even if it kills him. It's against the law, you know, to kill yourself. You're kidding. I wouldn't kid. Are you kidding? No, you Why would you kid? Suicide is a serious thing. Well, don't be silly. I'm not going to hurt myself. What, what are you talking about? What'd you do with that gun I gave you last Christmas? Sonny! I'm in love with the idea of killing myself. You're sure having a hard time doing it. I would like to find a way of doing myself in without hurting myself. You'll be hung in a moment. Okay, here you go. Okay, say goodbye to Marlin. Stakes are high. Life and death. You're holding your breath trying to suffocate. No. I don't care about that. Now I got a date with a 38. Sonny, I don't want to see you kill yourself. Why did you pull me back? Why did you pull me back? Who said? I don't have enough courage. I don't have enough guts. That's why you're here. I can't do it by myself. I'd be dead now. The gun isn't loaded. Oh. Will you come on? Okay, I'm sick of The End, starring Burt Reynolds as a man who's about to die. What's that supposed to mean? It means lying in the ground with dirt on your face and holding your breath forever. Dom DeLuise as his committed friend. Why did you say it, dummy? Oh. Sally Field as his loving mistress. Sonny, not now. <laughs> David Steinberg as his concerned attorney. I'm gonna kill myself. What do you say, Sonny? You like the enchilada plate? Joanne Woodward as his compassionate ex-wife. I didn't walk out the door. You threw me out the door. With two hookers. One little mistake. Carl Reiner as his doctor, whose business is dying. <laughs> Norman Fell, Myrna Loy, Struther Martin, Christy McNichol, Pat O'Brien, and Robbie Benson. Surprise! <laughs> the End. A comedy for you and your next of kin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White. I am joined once again by... Uh, I was going to say Will Ferrell. I'm joined by Will Ferrell. I'm not Will Ferrell. Will Fordyce. <laughs> <laughs> hello hello um uh yeah that would be that'd be nice we'll we'll call him and get yeah. him on the phone will and i we are doing the end the burt reynolds movie from 1978 starring burt reynolds dom DeLuise, and sally field sally field or sally fields sally field sally field uh yeah burt reynolds directed this movie and okay. he was able to direct this movie because hooper which came out in the same year, was a monster hit. He was able to direct a picture, and this was the one that he chose to direct. The 1978 okay. black comedy. Had you ever seen this movie before? Uh, I have not. And can I let you... I was honestly surprised when we first... Because we've recorded some trash movies recently. And uh, in my opinion... Uh, I started watching it, and I was very delighted because uh, I liked this movie. It was funny. I like this movie, too. It was very funny. It's a comedy about Burt Reynolds dying. Yeah. We get the opening credits, and we get a voiceover of Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds and a German nurse. And from and what you gather from the voiceover is uh, Burt Reynolds is getting something stuck up his butt. He can't hold it. The nurse gets uh, uh, douched with uh, Burt Reynolds shit. That's what you get from the opening, the voiceover credits. <laughs> the, I mean, the visuals in here, once once the movie starts, he's in the doctor's yes, office. Yes, the doctor. This movie has a lot of uh, great cameos by great character actors. And Norman mm -hmm. Fell is the doctor, most famously known as Mr. Roper from Three's Company. Mm -hmm. Which I believe was on the air and, at this time. So yes, so he was like relatively famous at this time for playing Mr. Roper on Three's Company. Yeah, and I mean they started off not only with like just verbal comedy, but the visual comedy as well. Um, when he's in the doctor's office and he finally accepts like I guess defeat, or the doctor starts going into like, well, 
you're dying. He smashes his face up against the, like, not hits it, but, like, he presses his face up against the fish tank. And so there's this, they're beautiful shots, and they're just, oh, my goodness, this movie was amazing. So uh, (laughs) there's so many good parts to it. Yeah, so Burt Reynolds has some sort of blood disease, and mm-hmm. it's fatal. It's a it's a great scene where Norman Fell, the doctor, is telling Burt Reynolds that he's dying, but he's not really invested mm-hmm. in the conversation. You could tell his his mind he's, is someplace else. He's done this a few times. He's blowing his not you know it's his job, but he's blowing his nose and just taking it like oh my goodness. He just like eh, well it's what it is. <laughs> And there's a very poignant scene in this. It took Burt Reynolds a while to go to the doctor. And the doctor said, didn't mm-hmm. you know there was something wrong? And he was like, well, I just thought I found a new way to lose weight. <laughs> so the thing about that is, in real life, while filming the movie... Uh, City Heat with Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds got hit in the face with a chair that was supposed to be a breakaway chair, but it wasn't, so it messed mm. up his jaw. He had, uh, is it TMI? Not TMI. The, the, the ringing... The, the lock, lock jaw. jaw. The ringing in your ears. Tinnitus. Oh, tinnitus. Yes. And he couldn't eat for the longest time, and he was losing weight, and people thought that he had AIDS. So it's really weird. This movie, which came, you know came out like six years earlier, predicted what would happen to him in real life. <laughs> art imitating life, life imitating art. <laughs> but Burt Reynolds does not take it like a man. How long have I got? It's really very difficult to say. Try. Well, you see, it's difficult to say because there's always a chance that there's some doctor working somewhere in some little lab who may find a cure. Look, I'm not talking about some miracle. Now, barring some miracle, I'm a big man. I'm a strong guy. You know what I mean? I can handle it. Now, just tell me, how long have I got? Let's say you got a year. Oh my God, no! I can't believe it! I can't believe it! Oh shit! What's the shortest? I've seen some of these cases go in three months. say you got three months to live if you choose to look at this thing at when it's most most negative level well that's where i choose to look at it at the most negative level no he oh my goodness <laughs> just yeah he starts so he the doctor kind of like dismisses him uh, he's asking what it's like to gonna like it's gonna die, and the doctor kind of describes it from his uh, perspective, and he's very like logical and analytical about the body shutting down essentially. Um, and so Bert Riddle he leaves, and the nurse as he's leaving, or the, or the sorry, the late the receptionist is like, uh, "Don't you want to schedule your next appointment?" And he's just dumb, like he he's almost like let's go, and he's just like no. No, he doesn't say anything. He just keeps going and shrugs his shoulders and, like, walks out. And then he starts losing it at the elevator. Yes, he breaks down in the elevator. or He starts crying in front of all these people in the elevator. Burt Reynolds' character is not... I don't want to say... He's not a bad person, but he's not a good person. I guess he's a human being. He's a flawed person. He plays a very flawed Mm -hmm. character in this movie. And we'll get to all that through, yeah. uh, through the movie. And and he just kind of like, after he exits the hospital, um, just like he, he gets a ticket on his car and he's just like, just he, his apathy for everything is great. And, uh, you know, he's, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of moments because um, he starts leaving the hospital. And so he's curious about what death is going to bring. So he sees a funeral procession. 
and he follows the funeral procession, procession, and he keeps asking, like, what would he die of? He's yelling <laughs> at these at the grieving widow and the the hearse driver. What would he die of? How would he die? The funeral procession is going like one way down the street. So Burt Reynolds to get he's coming. He's coming the wrong way down the other end of the street trying to catch up with it. Mm-hmm. And a car runs him off the road right in front of a church. And he looks up. Mm-hmm. And this is a fantastic shot. He looks up at the church oh, yeah. and there is a shadow of a cross on his forehead. It's a really, really nice shot. Oh, yeah. It it, it, <laughs> it was beautiful. And it was like a message. Cause, and then they cut to the church and the sun's shining behind it. And they cut back to him. Uh, to that wonderful shot. And so he goes, you know what? What the heck? Let me go into the church. And he goes into the church and he meets a father who is very, very young. <laughs> who's played by Robbie Benson, <laughs> who was sort of a teenage idol at the time. But so Burt Reynolds wants confession. He's kind of hesitant to do it with this young priest. But the young priest is like, oh, I've never taken confession. Come on, <laughs> let me do it. And... <laughs> And it's just a it's just a silly scene about this young this young priest wanting to take confession from this guy uh, from Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and just yeah, it's his first job, and so they go into the booth, and the the thing that I really loved is that he's a young priest, so he's he's hearing all these things from Burt Reynolds, and he's like getting excited and titillated and just in, like enthralled by all these stories. The first words out of Burt Reynolds' mouth is, is jacking off still a sin? That's right, and the priest is like, oh yeah, I still that one still yeah. gets me too. <laughs> and we find out that Burt Reynolds is divorced and he cheated on his wife around 200 times. And then the priest light, his eyes light up, he's like, 200 times? You, you had sex 200 times? He had adultery 200 <laughs> times. He had sex, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> then he goes to a hospital to check out, like, the, hospi- the hospice The dying ward, people? Yeah. Which, so he's talking to this orderly, and he's like, where are all the dying people at? And... <laughs> It's this it's odd. It's just a series of odd conversations. It's it's like Burt Reynolds. He does. He has no. Now that he knows that he's dying, he has no filter. It's just like I want to mm-hmm. see dying people. Where are the dying people? And he goes and he looks at all the dying people, and then that's when he makes his revelation that I'm not going to go out like this. So that's when he makes the decision that yeah. he's going to kill himself. He's going to get his. Affairs in order, and then he is going to kill himself. And at the hospital, one of the one of the funny moments is like he's walking around and he sees the patient on the phone, um, and he's he's like, "Excuse me, I need to use the phone." And he's uh, but the patient is talking dirty to his wife on the phone. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, kind of." He it's not like super lewd, but it's um, he you know you can hear on the other end he's also being you know talked to in a certain way and he's like yeah do it yeah the, that's getting it for me and he he Burt Reynolds pushes like hey come on I gotta go man my time's limited and so he just like flips his medicine down and just the, the that actor was a lot of fun to go from elated and then he just okay drops. so that actor was James Best. Mm-hmm. Known as, did mm-hmm. you ever watch the Dukes of Hazard? He was Roscoe P. Coltrane in Dukes of Hazard, and okay. he is the executive producer of this movie. And Burt Reynolds brought him in to ghostwrite this movie. And they they all did really great because just like even the shot afterwards of of that, like whatever writers and everybody, they just were on to something. Because um, even the visual gag of him talking to his lawyer. The behind it, after he turned down the medicine on the guy, he's like, they keep the visual gag going. Things pay get paid off in this movie, which I really appreciate. Right. So, and once again, I believe that Dukes of Hazard were on television at this time. So we get Norman Fell mm-hmm. and we get James Best, two pretty big TV stars at the time in this rated R movie. Is about you know a black comedy about a guy trying to kill himself. They just good friends and good circles, I, you know. Burt Reynolds was Adam Sandler before Adam Sandler, because if you watch if oh, you watch okay. Burt Reynolds movies, he uses the same people all the time. 
just like Adam Sandler does okay. now. So Burt Reynolds had a had a troop of actors that he would use. So he calls his lawyer, David Steinberg, the famous stand-up comedian. He tells him that he's dying. He goes, I'm suffering. You're Jewish. You should know about that. <laughs> Burt Reynolds is very, not very... He, I, he's kind of he's kind of racist and misogynistic in this film. It, it's definitely like you said a dark yeah. comedy, and yeah, he has some stuff where it's like, ooh, you know, you loosen your tie there a bit. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that would not fly today. So he he meets his uh, lawyer at dinner, and he's trying to confess, and he's like, my my doctor said I'm on the way out, and the doctor's like, yeah, they'll say anything to get you back in over and over again. So I thought that was a funny line to like, you know. Talking about hospitals and uh, the health system and stuff. It's like, ah, oh, they just keep saying that stuff, so you go back in there. The, oh, with Burt Reynolds, his time keeps getting shorter and shorter. The doctor said, you mm-hmm. have about, if we don't have a discover a cure, you have about a year. And like throughout the movie, it's like, I've got mm-hmm. six months. I've got two months. <laughs> As the picture progresses, his time that he is, the time that he is given gets shorter and shorter and shorter. So he talks to his lawyer. He wants to get his affairs in order. And then he goes sees his girlfriend at the time, Mary Ellen, played Mm -hmm. by Sally Field, who was his real-life girlfriend at the time. That's why they had such good chemistry. I mean, Sally Fields is a great actress, but, you know, they had good chemistry in the film, for sure. Yeah. Burt Reynolds goes... He he, First of all, he says, I'm going to go over there, and I'm not going to tell her that I'm dying. And then the minute he goes over there, he tells her that he's dying. (laughs) And then he uses that. He's still a sort of a sleazeball. He uses that to have sex with her. He's like, I'm dying. I don't have much time left. Let's do this. And he, there's a little, I guess, joke that, uh, yeah, it's a joke that goes down. And he's like kissing on her neck and kind of like working his way down. And she's like, stop, stop, stop. I'm emotional. I can't do it. And it's like, this could be my last meal. And the cat, like, there's a shot of the cat. She has lots of cats in the house, and it meows. So it's it was a fun, uh, fun kind of word play. And she, yeah, she's her house is like disheveled yeah, it, and it's stuff. Like she so. lives in a like she lives in shantytown. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds is a well-to-do real estate guy. Another uh, thing about Burt Reynolds in this movie is he is obsessed with money. About how much this costs and how much that costs. You know, he makes fun of Jewish people for that in this movie, but he is just <laughs> as like penny pinching as he makes the Jewish people out to be in this movie. Oh. And there's a scene where he's they're fucking, he's concentrating on this hula girl lamp while she's petting a cat. <laughs> and it, it comes out Burt Reynolds can't make her come. Yeah. <laughs> and he states it, he goes, Did you come? It's this movie is very, very frank. Which I which I like. Well he's it's a dying not, man. All the gloves yeah, are off. It's not you're not, you know, tiptoeing around. He's like, did you come this time? You know, he's like, I'm dying. The least you could do was come for me. Yeah. He's, a, he's a very selfish man. It's like, he's not, <laughs> he doesn't want her to come to make her feel better. He wants her to come no. to make him feel better. So, and I think he holds that over her head a yeah. few times, which is, like you said, there's some misogyny, like, well played out there. Um, just kind of like, yeah, like you're saying, it's it's more of a selfish desire. Uh, for his satisfaction. So, and just, uh, yeah, she, she and there, it, this is a very interesting relationship because they keep like, you know, the, the, the connection, like he keeps saying quips or something and like, it doesn't it, like it upsets her and he wins her back and then he'll upset her again and then she'll go off and then he brings her back down. So it's like, you know, it's an interesting relationship for sure. For sure. Yeah. And now then he, he wants to go talk to his daughter. So the the line I liked was, I have to change my clothes. I have to go, like, talk to my daughter. I have to change because she doesn't like me wearing women's clothes. And he was taking off, like, her gown. And then he goes and talks to his ex-wife. Yes. And it turns out that she kicked him out when she caught him with two hookers in their house. And it was, it was, um, there was a moment before, but, like, it was, that was a fun setup, like, wordplay-wise. Um, two hookers, uh, one little mistake. Yes. The three of us, we thought about you and we didn't lay on the bed. And it's like, thanks. Thanks for small favors. Well, her date shows up, a Latino gentleman who doesn't speak English, who Burt Reynolds mm-hmm. repeatedly, repeatedly calls a beaner. 
<laughs> yes. He's like, I can't believe you're dating that beaner. And that's one of those scenes which is you sort of cringe, but you sort of laugh at the same time. I mean, like I said, that's one thing that's not going to fly. Not going to fly today. No, not nowadays. Yeah, it's, he wants it's... to tell his ex-wife that he's dying, but he can't get it out. And then, um, the uh, let's see. Yeah, one little mistake. And then, because they're going on a date. Um, and then, like, she throws, like, something. She mentions something. Like, she gets pissed off and says, drop dead. And he says, I'm working on it. That was a fun little... <laughs> Then he goes to his parents' house, and his parents are played by Myrna Loy and Pat O'Brien, two big movie stars in the 40s and 50s, and they're playing his parents. Once again, I recently did the movie Best Friends with Steph on here. Burt mm-hmm. Reynolds always hires these great old character actors to play his parents. And once again, Myrna Loy and Pat O'Brien, they're professionals. They look like an old married couple. They talk like an old married couple. They talk to Bert like yeah. he's, like they're his son. It's just like amazing how just the character work in this, how everybody was connected and just like so much was on point so about this. They were all connected being disconnected. If you watch the scene, mm-hmm. she's watching television. He's painting. Bert Reynolds is trying to talk to him. The connection of the disconnection is beautiful. For some reason, I don't know why, I don't know if she sensed, but Burt Reynolds asked for sleeping pills, and his mother goes, we don't have any, and his dad goes, basically <laughs> says, what the hell oh, are you yeah. talking about? We got a whole cabinet full, go help yourself. Because he goes, and he goes into the bathroom after, he's like, oh, okay, here it is, his dad, you know, what was it, we could make the, um, oh, the whole Catholic tabernacle choir Go into yeah. a coma was his quote. I thought that was a fun word play. But there was another cool shot when he goes into the bathroom and he opens the medicine cabinet and the, the bottles are lined up with all the sleeping pills. And it was just another great shot. And then he, so he gets the medicine. We don't know. Um, and he starts leaving and he, he kind of like, he's like, bye. But then he comes back and I thought it was a real sweet moment because he like, he really like gives his mom a, was it a it, hug or something? Yeah, a hug really and a kiss like, on the cheek. It was a very, it was a sweet then, tender moment. And then he, he departs. To go see his daughter, played by Christy McNichol, mm-hmm. who I believe was on the TV show Family at that time. So once again, another prominent mm. TV star. She's in dance class, and she's doing a a risque dance. And Burt Reynolds goes up to the teacher, and he says, Look, I'm not paying you to teach her how to strip. And the teacher goes, You're not paying me anything. Her, her bill is long past dues. And then they, so she finishes the dance. Burt Reynolds takes the daughter out and they go to like a carnival or they go to a, a fair. fair. I believe it is. It looked yeah. like. And then I like the hat. She has a hat on that says daddy's girl and she's, she's complaining about it. And she's like, I hate this hat. I feel like a race. Like I feel like somebody's like treating me like a racehorse, like daddy's girl. And then, um. Uh, just like they're going through and he's trying to have a heart to heart to a, to a point. And he does the typical, all men are, all men are pig speech to women. He, oh, the, yeah. Cause he wants to have a serious talk about sex yes. with his daughter. And she's giggling because apparently she knows it all, but th- this is the standard. Yeah. All, all fathers give their daughters. It's like, I'm a man. I know men are horrible. Stay away from men. And then uh, he drives the his daughter home, and they kind of have a little bit more of a heart-to-heart. Um, and uh, what is it? Uh, like, oh, I'm going on a trip. Yes, he's told her that he's going away on a business trip. And she's not buying it. And she's like, and are I you like- coming back? And he's like, yeah, I'm coming back. But he does something, and this is something that I've mentioned in quite a few of my podcasts. Christy McNichol is his daughter. 16, 17 years old, would you say, Will, at the time of this movie? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. I know he, what you're about to kisses, say. Because it, it made me cringy, too. He kisses on the lips. It, yeah. And I, I see that in movies all the time where these fathers are kissing their teenage... I have never, 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 with all my friends who have daughters, I have ne- I've never seen any of them kiss their teenage girls on the lips... And it happens in movies all the time. That is a movie yeah. trope that does, does not happen in real life. And you, like you said, it is cringy. It's like, yuck. You don't kiss your daughter on the lips. 
I mean, if a baby, fine. But, you know, your teenage daughter, don't be kissing her on the lips. It just, yeah, that that's a little bit, I mean, me personally, it's a little bit more of an intimate thing. So, yeah, there's very, you know, it, it, it yeah, it, I don't, I mean, for me personally, if you out there, if that's the way, you know, maybe in other cultures, maybe it's a thing, but it, to me, it's like, eh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> but so the daughter gets out, it's, and she, he says, I'm going to be back. And she's like, okay, you promise you um, oh, what is it? You, uh, cross your heart and hope to die. Cross your heart and hope to die. And he kind of just like that. And that was a touching moment afterwards as well. Like he hugs her and he starts tearing up and you can see like he, he knows what's going on, but he doesn't have the heart to tell her. Then we cut to his apartment or his house, house or apartment, wherever mm-hmm. he is living. And he has all these candles lit. He takes a handful of pills and he puts them in his mouth and he's going to wash them down with a bottle of milk but he takes a sip yeah. the milk has expired so he spits the milk and the pills all over the table once again a great shot <laughs> we're looking at from underneath the table so that was yeah. my shot but then so he cuts over to his bar and he's got like tons of liquor and there's like bottled coke <laughs> there it, it's like all the stuff you could have used to wash down pills and you chose milk i mean i know he had <laughs> what a to way to go gag but I'm telling you, if you've got alcohol in your house, you're going to use alcohol to wash those pills down. But that's a that's a different that podcast. A different podcast. <laughs> and they get the taste of the sour milk out of his mouth. He takes a, a potato chip and then he's like, he takes another. It's like, damn, you're right. You can't just eat one. <laughs> and then he comes back. He like starts picking up the pills with the sour milk all over it from well, the table. He, first of all, he dials. He sees this ad for a suicide prevention line. Oh, and, that's right. Oh. And he calls, and he gets the recording. So we get this scene where we hear the recording, but he's talking on the phone like he's talking to a person. Mm-hmm. And then he gets done, and he's like, yeah, yeah. He's something like, yeah, you fucking twat. And it's like, how many yeah. movies? I, I can count on one hand the movies where I've heard the word twat. It's it a, strong a strong word. word. You don't I Twat is right up there with cunt, in my opinion. If you had to rate them, what would be higher and what would be the secondary? I would rate twat higher because people use cunt more often. So I think people, I think twat would take people more by surprise. It's more of a surprise than cunt. And I just realized we're spending five minutes just saying the word cunt and twat over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for the people out there sensitive to words about vaginal whatnot um or you know jerks in general people that are um that deserve that kind of thing some people are cunts and twats (laughs) if you know one think of them now and then shake your fist towards the heavens digressing from that after so he he starts picking up the pills from the milk and he's like it looks like walt disney threw up that was a fun line um and then so he takes the pills and starts washing them down with alcohol and he's like oh shit the note I forgot the note. And so, <laughs> so he starts writing this note and then it kind of, what it cuts to black it or cuts it cuts to black and he wakes up. He writes the note to his daughter because he's like, mm-hmm. well, if I write it to my girlfriend, my ex-wife will be pissed if I, cause I didn't write it to her. And if I write it to my ex-wife, my girlfriend's going to be pissed. That I didn't write it to her. He's like, I'll write it to my daughter. And then he starts. I think the, the mental quote was like, who's responsible enough to handle this? Yes. And he chose his 17 year old daughter. What a, what a yes. twat is that? No. <laughs> um, so it blacks out. He takes the pills and we wake up in the, we wake up in a sanatorium, a sanitarium. So we have no, and it's mm-hmm. never explained how, who called in and how they found his body. It's never explained. I kind of like that. The reveal on as it's panning out and you see you hear beautiful animals as it's panning across this courtyard and you see the gate and the reveal of it cuts to uh, somebody in the sanitarium doing all these vocal sounds for the animals. That was a wonderful gag. And now we are introduced to Dom DeLuise. Oh, oh God. Dear and goodness. I didn't write what's his name in the movie. I didn't write it down. Shit. Who? Oh, what's his name? Yes. His character? 
Um, it was Marlin, but I just wrote down Crazy Doctor yes. the whole time because that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I believe Marlin. it's Marlin. Okay, so Dom. De- so this is the first time we see Dom DeLuise. And wow! It, just wow. So to give Burt Reynolds props on this, this is Burt Reynolds' movie. But at this point on, he lets Dom DeLuise steal the movie from him. It's oh he, my he, goodness. I, I, as a director. And as an actor, he could have put his foot down, you know, demanded that he get the funny lines, but he had enough confidence in himself and his directing in this movie to let Dom, because from this point on, it's the Dom DeLuise show. So straight from the intro of the character just is off the charts. This scene between Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise where he's in Burt's room goes on for like six, seven Mm -hmm. minutes. As it, it should. And it's almost all Dom DeLuise. Burt Reynolds has some straight, you know, but Burt Reynolds is feeding him lines. But So Burt wakes up and uh, because of a failed attempt, and Dom DeLuise is very eloquently quoting statistics uh, because he goes, he wakes up and says, um, oh, I forgot his, the second line's where am I? But the second one, oh, he screams in obscenity. And he's like, oh, interesting. 10% of people that wake up out, out of a, after a suicide attempt uh, yell an obscenity. Well, where am I? Uh, 92%. So he's very, like, he sets his character up as this, like, g- high status. And then <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I'm in the nut house. And he's like, the doctor, uh, the you know, at the time, he's like, that's cruel. We call it the booby hatch. And <laughs> he goes, are you a doctor? And the shot pulls out and Dom DeLuise is sitting there with a crayon and a clipboard and just like he he says nope I'm one of the patients and he puffs on the crayon puts it out like a cigar and the scene continues with just the just the wonderful twist of oh okay they're two crazy people and the reason Dom DeLuise is in there is because he killed his father for being Polish are you rooming here with me me no. No. Actually, I'm in the South Wing. Ta-da! The South Wing. That's where they keep the dangerous ones. Are you dangerous? No. Yes! No. Don't listen to him. Actually, my father thought I was very dangerous. <laughs> Your father? Did he put you here? <laughs> no. Kinda. I strangled him. You mean like that? Oh no, more like that. I guess he was right about me being dangerous. <laughs> yeah, a lot of doctors have different theories about why I did it. Mother complex, father complex, feelings of inferiority, suppressed rage. But I, and I alone. Know the reason that I did it. It was because he was so Polish. Polish? When I was a kid, I was tormented with Polish jokes. Oh, you know, who was Poland's man of the year? Nobody. How do you sing the Polish national anthem? You don't sing it. You fought it. How do you do Pollock's identification by the shit in his wallet? Kids can be very cruel. What kids? My father told me those. So I, yeah, so he killed his dad because he was Polish and he had to grow up listening to Polish jokes. And it's revealed. Well, I don't want to spoil the joke. Never mind. This is a movie. I'm. We'll, we'll get to it. But okay. Yeah. No. And uh, some of the. So he does he wake up and go to the bathroom before the bed where they're telling him you can crush your head yes, in the he bed. Yes, he does go to the bathroom. Okay, because that's right, because there's no mirrors there. So and also just the great character work, more so like just the obsessiveness of Dom DeLuise and some of it. And then the physical activity between Bert and Dom 
the crazy doctor because like he's smashing his, he opens the door abruptly and he gets hit with the door and he continues the scene. There's no cuts and it just keeps happening two or three times where Bert's running in and out of the bathroom and smacking uh, Dom DeLuise a couple of times. And I, I just, the, the gags were wonderful. And then, then it's revealed, hey, you could kill yourself with an electrical bed. Right, because they put a bedpan or something in there and it crushes it. Yep. And at this point, the orderlies come in and take Dom DeLuise away. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the hallway and then there's the um, uh, David Steinberg, his lawyer, and his ex-wife are mm-hmm. coming in. And they walk in the door and they see Burt Reynolds <laughs> trying to crush his skull with the bed. The... And the line right before they open the door, this is the safest spot. There's no way he can harm himself. And they just he's laying on the floor trying to crush his head. <laughs> so the next shot, in my opinion, is brilliant. The next shot mm-hmm. is all the patients out in the hallways because they have to replace yep. all the beds now. So you see all these people <laughs> moving beds around and all the these mental patients just roaming the halls. And so Burt Reynolds is in the hallway with his lawyer and his ex-wife, and he's just, sign me out of here. And neither one of them, neither one of them will sign his release. He has mm-hmm. to stay in there. And then, oh, well, yeah. Well, then they uh, recommend death, death therapy. <laughs> and the guy who runs death therapy is Carl Reiner. Mm. Burt Reynolds was in Mel Brooks's movie, silent movie where and that was actually where he met Dom DeLuise but we also know that Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks were really close friends as well this is just like he worked with Mel Brooks he's like hey Mel can you give me Carl's number Carl can you do this this (laughs) short scene in my movie I'm I'm pretty sure because at this point Burt Reynolds was the number one box office guy in the world so being in a Burt Reynolds Mm. movie was a big deal and I'm sure at that point, Bert was calling in favors as well. It's like, hey, can you do this? It's a two or three days uh, shoot. And uh, Carl Reiner's like, yeah. So Carl Reiner plays a doctor who was told that he was going to die. But he's not letting it affect him. He's like, I play, I play he's, tennis. Yeah, chipper. He's, he's chipper. Happy. He's happy. The doctor said I was supposed to. The doctor gave me one year to live. That was three years ago. He's sort of you know, mocking death at this point. Now, I will say, I knew exactly what was going to, once that, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, oh yeah. Not that it was, it was, I don't think it was telegraphed, per se, but it was definitely yes. set up. The You didn't know how it was going to happen, but you knew it was going to happen. Exactly. Because he's, um, so he's talking about his life and how he was like, hey, you, he's trying to convince Burt Reynolds to like, hey, you got to kind of switch your mentality, man. It, that, that's going to be worse for you than anything else. You know, look at me. I'm spry. I'm great. In fact, you know what? He starts talking Bert into it, and Bert's like, "You know what? You're right. You're a happy guy. Uh, you, you're right. You're right. Let's okay. Give me a pamphlet." And he has a pamphlet way up, so he starts jumping to get the pamphlet. The doctor jumps up to go get the pamphlet, and then when he's done, he's out of breath, <laughs> and you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, and then he has a heart attack right there in front of Bert Reynolds. And then another doctor comes in and goes, what did you do to him? And Burt Reynolds just says, I liked him. (laughs) And then it cuts to, then they're in the, he's in the courtyard or the park area after that. Because now he's morose again. Because the last guy, he actually started getting bright to, just passed away. And Dom DeLuise has snuck out of his room again. And Burt Reynolds is... I, I like you. You're my best friend. Says something like that. And Dom DeLuise is like fawning all over him. You mean I'm your best friend? He's like, you have to help me kill myself. And Dom DeLuise is like, that's your, yep. got your back. And I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> and they climb to this bell tower. And they're looking over and Bert's like, is it? I don't think it's, I don't think we're high enough. And Dom DeLuise uh, yeah, is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll never know until you try. And so Burt Reynolds climbs over and he's hanging over and he's like, if it's not, if it's not tall enough, if it's not high enough, I'm just going to break my ankles. Pull me back. And then he pulls him back. And then Burt Reynolds is like, why did you pull me back? Why? <laughs> what you need to do is you need to drop me on my head. All right. So he's holding him upside down. He's, 
And then he's like, pull me back up. And he pulls him back up. And Burt Reynolds just slaps him again. Why did you pull me back up? <laughs> and then he finally, so he gets up from the ledge and he's like, okay, maybe, maybe you should push me. So I'm going to turn around so I can't see you coming. And so he faces outside and then Dom DeLuise starts charging him. And Bert, uh, like, shimmies a certain way. He's like, oh, let me go over here. And Dom flies off and lands on the ground. And then he goes, you're right! It wasn't high enough! (laughs) (laughs) Just, ah. Ah, it's such a good movie. (laughs) Dark, but good. And now now they're in the courtyard again, and Tom DeLuise has rope for some... (laughs) Because apparently that's easy to find in an insane asylum. The booby hatch, if you will. The, the, and the reveal of it was like, he has the neck brace. He hands him the gift. He's like, I got you a gift. And it's like, oh, okay, this is, and he opens it up and he pulls the noose out. And he's like, do you like the color? <laughs> and then, <laughs> just, that was a fun, like, I was like, okay, well played guys. Well played. So he has the noose and um, they, then it cuts to, Bert with the noose around his neck and it's slowly zooming out. And once again, he's standing on Dom DeLuise, I believe. And then he, Dom DeLuise goes out from under him and Bert starts hanging himself. And then Bert's like, help me, help me stop it. And, and he's sitting and then Dom DeLuise, you know, lifts him up and then takes a noose off his neck. He's like, why did you do that? What? <laughs> I was almost, I was almost And then he starts choking time. him. And he's choking him, like shaking him on the ground. Um, and then we see off in the distance, like a lawn care yes, individual a is a unloading is mulch. Yeah. He breaks out. He, he steal, Burt Reynolds steals the truck. And Dom DeLuise hops in the back of the truck. And then, you know, they, they drive out. The uh, They're playing. There was a good setup with like... Um, uh, like a, a student driver that was learning. She's elderly and she's trying to learn. So there's a lot of shenanigans in it. Um, and I think he he jumps a ramp and then he slows down and stop. And Dom DeLuise is excited. He's like, that was so fun. And he jumps out of the back. He's like, yeah. And he's like, bye. And that's how yeah. he flies out of the truck and, or gets out. He, he pulls the student driver. He's like, he, he gets the student driver and the driving instructor out of the car and then follows Burt Reynolds in the driving instructor's car. And, there was another line that got me and it's like, uh, he starts pan. He's like, hurry, the Polish assassin has escaped and you need to, and he's pulling people out of the car as he's saying this. He's like, Oh good. Should we, or goodness, should we, we'd be worried. Yes. Yes, you should. Um, what was, what does he look like? Well, he's wearing my pants, a white shirt and a neck brace. And he pulls off the, yeah. So just <laughs> awesome setup. And then, so yeah, the, they chase him or, uh, the doc, the crazy doctor chases, Bert. And Bert goes to Sally Field's house to get a gun mm-hmm. because he's, yeah, he's going to shoot himself and Sally Field is trying to hide the gun from him and he finds it. He's got the gun to his head, dress it. He's also putting on a, a, like a track suit. You know, he's getting out of his <laughs> hospital gown. He's putting on a track suit. And at one point, Sally Field holds the gun to his head while he can put his yeah. arms through his sleeves. It was a nice, then- yeah, it was a nice scene between him because I believe Sally Fields really does care about Burt Reynolds in this movie. Yeah, the chemistry's on point, and she, you know, she, what, I forgot, she won an Oscar? She did win an Oscar. This is, this is one of the good, yeah, not for this no, movie, no, no. but, um, like, she's, she's good at what she does. Yeah. Well, she was a TV star, you know, a Gidget and all that. Once, and, and Sally Field, she has third billing in this movie. She's behind Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. So that tells you how... Mm-hmm. A bunch of a pro she is she could have demanded her name be above the credits she was a big enough star at this time uh it was like he has the gun against his head and i think he makes a note I, there was a funny joke about how dirty the place is he's like i'm gonna go b- blow my brains out and he kind of looks around and sees how disheveled the house is and he's like not that anybody would notice like how me- you know messy the wall is gonna be um uh and then she tells him it's not loaded i unloaded all the bullets when I saw mm-hmm. him take the gun, when I was watching the movie, I could see the bullets in the chambers or blanks or whatever. Oh, okay. But she says, yeah. I didn't, I unloaded it. There's no bullets in there. And then Burt Reynolds shoots the stove and soot goes all over the place. And 
He's like, God damn it, you can't do anything right. And he takes the gun and he leaves. And he drives out to the beach. He leaves the gun on the seat. And while all this is happening, Dom DeLuise. So, okay, so this was funny. So Dom DeLuise is outside Sally Field's house because he followed Burt Reynolds there. And he hears a gunshot and he's like, yes! And then he sees Burt Reynolds walk out. He's like, no! <laughs> and then he's like, ah, the, he couldn't do it. Just chicken shit. right now, Dom DeLuise is Burt Reynolds' best friend. And Burt Reynolds says, the one mm-hmm. thing I need you to do as my best friend is kill me. So now he's like a robot. Yep. He's like, like. He's almost like he's going to terminate him. Like he's some kind yes, of. Like uh, he's Sarah Connor. Terminator. So he gets to the Burt Reynolds gets to sorry no the the, the I guess um Dom his tire pop I guess that's not a thing but so Burt gets to the beach and he's he's high up on a hill and he starts he's like he he starts climbing to the water yes and he leaves the gun on the seat of the truck Dom DeLuise is supposed to go follow him but he can't follow him because his car has a flat tire. So that's why Burt Reynolds is at the beach by himself at the moment. He he walks down to the water. He actually climbs, as you said. He climbs down to the water. He starts swimming into the middle of the ocean. And while all this is Frank Sinatra, my way, is playing while he's singing. Yeah. And once again, yeah. I believe Burt Reynolds and Frank Sinatra are friends. Frank, can I use your song in my movie? Hey, that's a, hey you got it. Boy, oh, that was that was my Frank Sinatra. <laughs> hey, you got it, kid. That's beautiful. All right, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> And he swims out to the middle of the ocean. It's really nice. He goes, I did it, my war. And the minute he goes underwater, the music, the, the song just stops yeah. abruptly. That was a really nice, really nice mm-hmm. editing there. And there's a beautiful shot of his point of view under the water, looking up kind of at the sun deep enough that it's, you know. And they put some money into it because this was there were some helicopter shots as he was going out. And but the and this is a beautiful moment too, is is you can hear his thoughts and you you can hear him fantasizing about how his he let his daughter down. His he can you can hear his daughter telling Burt Reynolds like you promised me, you lied to me, I hate you, and kind of that gives him the courage. He pops back up out of the water and he's like, you know what, I want to live. And he starts swimming back to shore. And while he's swimming back to shore, he's making all these promises to God. Oh, you know, I won't sell anybody shitty houses anymore, God. I'll pay my fair share of taxes. I will give 70% to the orphans. And he's swimming. And the closer he gets to shore, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give 10% to the orphans. So his, the, the closer he gets to shore, the, he starts giving up on his promises to God. Help me, Lord. Please, I promise not to try and kill myself anymore. Save me and I swear I'll be a better father. I'll be a better man. I'll be a better everything. All I ask is, make me a better swimmer. Oh God, I can't do this to Julie. We can't do this to Julie. Oh God, let me live and I promise to obey every one of the Ten Commandments. I shall not kill. I shall not commit adultery. I shall not. uh, I'll learn the Ten Commandments and then I'll obey every fucking one of them. Just get me back to the beach. I'll be honest in business. I promise not to sell lakeside lots unless there's a lake around. I want to see another sunrise. I want to see another sunset. It was a mistake, God. I never really wanted to kill myself. I just wanted to get your attention. Help me make it. I'll give you 50% of everything I make. 50%, God. I want to point out that nobody gives 50%. I'm talking gross, God. 
But the the good thing is, uh, like he makes it to shore, he makes it back, and he's tired, and he's <laughs> he gets to shore, and then all of a sudden you hear this gunshot. And if there's one nitpick about the movie, it's how did Dom DeLuise know where he was going to go? But I'm not going to let that ruin the movie. I mean, it's a nitpick, but no. And Dom DeLuise is there, and he starts shooting Bert, and he's like, "No, no, I want to live." And Dom DeLuise is like, "I don't believe you." <laughs> The, the bullets run out and he's, you know, ah, and he throws the gun at him. And then he's like, Hey, I, I, I promise you, I want to live. Like I, I, this, uh, like, I appreciate you. And like, they wrestle a little, well, first they wrestle. And then he's telling him, I, you know, I want to live, um, you know, thank you very much, but this, I've, I've changed my mind. Um, and it's like, almost like they match the shot, like a rom-com where your, your partners are rolling it's around. A, in the uh, it was a takeoff of from here to, from here to eternity where they're that scene where okay. they're like the two lovers are rolling around on the beach and the waves are going over them. Yes. It was, a, it was a homage to that movie with Bert and Dom rolling mm-hmm. around on the beach. And it was, yeah. And then they stand up, they're like, you really are my friend. And he's like, I really am your friend. And then Dom DeLuise pulls out this giant knife that he had with him. And then, then it starts uh, the Benny Hill thing and as the credits roll. so <laughs> Now, originally, the movie was supposed to end with Dom DeLuise killing Burt Reynolds. That, that would have been... I, I wouldn't have been mad at the movie if that happened I that wouldn't way. have either, but Burt said he wanted the movie to have a little bit of hope at the end. Okay. But I think it would have been a much bolder move. It was like he finally came to the decision that he wanted to live, and then Dom DeLuise killed him. Well, I think, in my opinion, that like if he died at the end, it would have been a tragedy opposed to a comedy. Because the in comedies, the the hero is always um, not that they're impervious, but you know they they have a you know they live on. You know the but if they killed him off, it would have been a different. It would have been a powerful move. And I would appreciated it, but it wouldn't have been as lighthearted, like you said. The hope would and have been gone. And that was it. That was that's the end of the end. Uh, from 1978, <laughs> it cost about 14 million dollars to make. Made about 44 million dollars, so it did pretty well. Wasn't mm-hmm. a giant blockbuster, but it did pretty well. It got mixed reviews. Burt Reynolds was happy with the movie, and he was happy with his uh, direction. And yes, it's. It's a black mm-hmm. comedy that you don't you don't see much anymore. It's dealing with a dark topic because it's not only death, but it's like suicide and like so. Yeah, it's a very deep. So some people might be sensitive to it, but it's a very deep. You know, but the the way that they set it up and do it, in my opinion, is it's there's a lot of laughs in it, a lot of visual fun. It's it's a it's a damn good movie. It's a funny movie, but it's not a feel good movie. To me, this is the typical movie: is you have to be in the mood to watch it. Uh, yeah, uh, but I thought Burt Reynolds' directing was good. I thought everybody in it was good. This was one of those movies where once again Burt Reynolds carries the movie, but all of the character actors that back him up all do a, a fantastic, great job. That's what makes the movie fun from start to from start to finish. Well, what what made you pick this movie? Like, what called to you? I, I did stick which he directed, and I wanted to do another movie that he directed. And Stick was an action movie, and this was a comedy. So I wanted to see how, or I, and I wanted to remember how he directed a comedy. And I thought I thought he did a great job with both. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you, I mean, he's, he's because uh, he, he had moments of straight man, but, I mean, he pulled off a lot of the comedic, because most of the time he's known as a, like, action star? Is that right? Or like a dramatic he actor? He was, and then he went, like, with, 
around 77, I believe the year before, he did Smokey and the Bandit. And then that was sort okay. of his deviation from action into more a comical roles. Okay. And if you watch the movie, The Last Movie Star, it's based on Burt Reynolds' life. And they talk about how, like, they, like he was on par with Brando. People were comparing him with Brando as an actor. But then he started doing these silly little comedies, which made money, but sort of detracted from, I guess, the seriousness. And he sprinkled serious roles in there now and then. But, like, yeah, Smokey and the Bandit yeah. was his detour into being more more comical, more fun movies. He never really recovered from that. Now, I will say doing those movies made him the top movie star for six years in a row. Like, he was the top-grossing movie star for six years in a row, and I don't think that's ever happened before or since. I mean, this one was a good pick, so I appreciate you, like, uh, letting me watch it and, you know, talk about it, because it's, I mean, I wouldn't have, this wouldn't have ever just come across no, no, my desk, you, so to speak. No, no, think about so. Reynolds, this really isn't a movie that you think of when it comes to him. No. And it was a bit obscure, and that's why I wanted to pick it, too. I wanted to do a, a movie that maybe not might not be on everybody's radar and get it out there. So hopefully people listen to this and they'll find the, you know, they'll find the movie. Burt, we, we're, we're lavishing a lot of praise on Burt Reynolds, but we also have to lavish a lot of praise on Dom DeLuise. He's over the mm-hmm. top, but he's supposed to be over the top. When the reviews came out, a lot of critics gave Dom DeLuise uh, shit for being too much, too over the top, too much of a cartoon character. But I think that's what he had to be in this movie to balance out the the somberness of the Burt Reynolds character, what he was going through at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's juxtaposing, like, death and suicide. So, you know, what? Uh, I, I thought it was like... Because he has moments where he's going back and forth, and I don't think it's like... I don't think it like steamrolls everything, but I think it is up there in the realms of like, okay, that's very strong and very powerful of a character. Like nowadays, like me watching it is like, okay, good choices. I liked it. All right, Will, where can we find you? What are you working on? Uh, The Instagram is gnome on the go with periods in between each word. Uh, and then you can always email me at www.will.com at gmail.com. And in Austin, uh, there's a sometimes improv is going on. So I try to jump up and get on. All stage. right. That's it. Will, I want to thank you for doing this with me. And we'll see everybody here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. Thank you. Thank you. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I don't want to die. Do you understand me? you got to stop trying to kill me. Do you understand me? I don't think you do. The doctor was right about me. That's why I couldn't do it, because I really don't want to die. But what about your fears and your pain? I promised to help you end all that. Will you forget about that? I don't think it's in your best interest. I don't care what you think. You don't like me anymore. I like you, Marlon. I like you. I really do. You do? I do. (laughs) But you gotta understand. Tell me understand. I understand. I love you, Sonny. I really do. I love you too, Mom. I love you, Sonny. I love you too. Surprise! <laughs> God! God! Make me a better runner! Wait for my knife!
This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.